Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome to Thought Leadership Studio, episode four, how to make your vision magnetic. I'm Chris McNeil, I'm a strategic thought leadership coach and consultant been a coach in various forms for many decades and have been a marketing person for more than a decade and I found that you need to combine the two to have the maximum impact in today's marketplace. So I'll tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from that might help put the frame around how I can help you create a vision or amplify a vision and make it impact an audience at a higher level or build an audience and then impact them at a higher level. So I approach working with clients like I'm training an Olympic level athlete or a team, except the competition I'm training you for is winning the hearts and minds of a growing market segment or audience. And like with an athlete or athletic team, a lot of the focus is on the head game that is helped tremendously by my background in NLP, neurolinguistic programming. It's all about the head game. It's all about optimizing performance. It's not about remedial fixing problems. It's about degenerative, about creating excellence. And in this context, the kind of excellence we want to create is both an external and internal strategic thought leadership. So maybe for those who are new here, if you're new here, welcome. And if you've heard this before, sorry, but some things you just can't repeat too many times. So strategic thought leadership is about leading an audience to embrace you or your organization's unique perspective on what you offer, what we might call a thought leadership model. It's about leading thinking. Now, it's not so much about putting yourself on a pedestal and saying, look at my authority, I'm a thought leader. Let other people do that if they're going to. And fact is, if you help even one person change their thinking in a way that empowers them, then you've successfully done thought leadership. Now, having a large audience usually comes along with doing it well. But it's about leading thinking. It's about your audience. It's about their thinking more than yours. It's about designing new thinking for them. It's about leading them to a more empowering perspective about what you sell or your field or profession uh, that can help them get more value out of it, make better buying decisions, maybe even elevate it to a new and higher purpose. And doing this intentionally with awareness, bringing the kind of tools that I teach in this podcast that I work with clients on, makes it strategic. Once you realize that doing 
thought leadership strategically is worth it. What's the number one obstacle that stops you from building your skill set to do it as well as you possibly can? And what resource do you need to overcome that and master it? And how will putting that resource completely and fully into place make things different? Think of it this way. There's both external and internal strategic thought leadership, okay? So an external strategic thought leadership, the game's about building a thought leadership model, a way of thinking that has a certain structure that makes it powerful and makes it possible to move the thinking of an audience to it in a way that you can notice. And it's leading the audience to this model, this thought leadership model, this thinking about what you do, what you offer, what you sell, or your field or profession, to this new, fresh perspective that your thought leadership model offers it, so that by embracing it, they get the benefits of more clarity, more understanding, more empowerment, uh, able to get more value, a higher level of skill, ability to make better buying decisions, and what you get is you get an appreciative, loyal audience, growing audience, with it's got a high likelihood of deeper engagement, like sales and referrals. So it's really a powerful dynamic, and I'm convinced it's the absolute best way to market and lead. So that's external strategic thought leadership. Then you have internal strategic thought leadership. And with internal strategic thought leadership, the focus is more on developing the thought leader or the thought leading team. The outcome we're after is to feel completely congruent, totally aligned, in control, focused, confident, with mastery in the three key perspectives of insight, inspiration, and impact. Yeah, insight is knowing how to perceive the thinking of a potential market niche or audience in the way that you can find an opportunity to give them more of what's important to them through a new way of looking at things. The imagination or the inspiration part is having the creative faculties to come up with a new better way of thinking. It gives them more of what's important to them, purely from looking at it differently. But it might also highlight the unique advantages of a product or service that you sell in a way that it makes those differentiating factors the key criteria of a marketplace so people see your choice as the right choice. Now, impact is actually bringing this thought leadership path to life, this path from old thinking to new thinking, to life through media, typically. I mean, in person, sure, that can happen too. It happens a lot still, but a lot of what we used to do in person, we do with Zoom now. We do with webinars. We do with video. We do with podcasts like this one. Uh, we do with blogging. We do with websites, we do with social media. So whatever the channel, the media channel is, knowing how to organize your utilization of that channel. But see, the channel doesn't matter unless you actually have a message 
this worth putting across a channel because without that you're not going to be able to cut through the mix. So what strategic thought leadership is largely about is having a worthwhile message that's really going to engage people. It's really going to help them in a way that impacts them on a deeper level. And making your vision magnetic, what this podcast is about, you know, it starts with a couple of assumptions here. Okay, I can assume that you've got a vision that you want to bring to life an engaged audience who benefits from it, maybe growing an audience for it, or making the vision more powerful, conveying it in a more powerful way. Now, the other thing might be you might not have that yet that you know of, but you have the need for it. You have the need to sell a message. You need have a need to create a message. You got the intention for that. So I'm going to assume one of these two things, okay? So what I aim to do through this podcast on making your vision magnetic is to give you the power to amplify the magnetism and the effectiveness of how you convey your vision, to give you more positive emotional impact. And that, of course, will lead to things like audience growth, more sales, more conversions, more leads, higher loyalty rate. deeper engagement with your with your audience your prospects your customers and if you need it to help you create such a vision and wherever it's at now to build it out more fully you won't go to the racetrack with a car you just bought off the showroom for with stock tires and stock brakes you got to build it up for performance if you're going to take it out in a competition and you start putting your ideas out there across the marketplace whatever channel you use you're throwing them out in the competition for ideas that resonate with an audience. The best ideas win sometimes. Sometimes the best articulated ideas win. I think the best ideas are the ones that merit putting the work in, building them out to make them more powerful. How I aim to do this is to do what some in NLP and Neuro Linguistic Programming have called multiple level communication. So some of the stuff is for what some call the conscious mind, you know, a list of things to remember. Some of it is for what some have called the unconscious mind. Because on things like changing belief systems, that's better done working around the conscious mind. It's like people like Milton Erickson, the father of modern hypnotherapy, who is a brilliant persuader who tells stories and people would change positively and keep the change. It's like I went through the Starbucks window today, I said, keep the change. And he would say, I'm going to now talk to your unconscious mind and shift his voice a little bit because he knew. By his definition, the conscious mind's typical modes of thinking or typical limiting beliefs get in the way of the fastest possible learning that happens on the level of belief and belief in what we can do because that's a higher level of learning. If you believe that you can create a powerful magnetic vision that will grow and compel an audience to be enraptured by it, and you believe this 
through and through, you'll find the skills and the knowledge to do it. Now, if someone else believes they can't do it, even if they have the skills and knowledge to find a way to block themselves. So it's better not to directly say things like you have all the power you could possibly have to create a message, build it up, amplify it. So it's compelling to you and your audience. So that you have a vision that resonates with the audience to a level that they're just in a trance about it. It'll follow you anywhere. And the audience grows and grows organically, even with hardly any work. Now, I say it won't take work. But things like that are better worked around the conscious mind, so to speak. So, hence the two level communication. Don't worry about trying to remember all this. Although, this is a podcast that you may find benefit in listening to multiple times to get the message in there. So one of the first key principles to keep in mind to making your vision magnetic is to bring it fully to life in your imagination first. I mean, think about something that doesn't really have a lot of emotional impact for you, like a paperclip, pencil. Don't feel bad, don't feel good, you know, it just doesn't really matter. Okay, got that, set it aside. Now think about something that you are very drawn to. Whether it's a person or doing something that you really enjoy, just something you're just magnetically drawn to. Okay, now think of both of them at the same time. As this plane flies overhead that you might hear, Take it as a synchronicity. Notice the difference in where the image is. Notice the difference in the size of the image and how bright it is, whether it's three dimensions or two dimensions, whether it's color of black and white, because there will be differences. So your braid codes what's important by how it represents it. In when people say your future is so bright you gotta wear shades, that is an actual description of the internal world because of people who have a brighter picture more drawn to it and happier about it. So when we talk about and when we get the image of and we get the feeling of and the scent of a compelling vision. It's not just vision. It's got auditory components. It's got feeling components, maybe even taste and smell components. Use all your senses. You can bring it more to life first in your own mind because you're going to come across as more driven, more enthusiastic, more alive by how vivid, how bright, how big it is. Think of metaphors that can fully bring it to life. Like, what if there was a theme park that Disney developed about your idea? And theme parks are all about vividness, music coming from everywhere, 
shimmering lights all over the place. It's an atmosphere of happiness, the smell of good food. You know, so bringing it fully to life, bringing your vision to life in your mind's eye, the power of a large, compelling vision. What if it was on a 100-foot drive-in movie theater screen, and then you could turn it into three dimensions, like a virtual reality scene where it's going on all around you. Does the vision of your thought leadership destination, your thought leadership model, have compelling music? I'm talking about the best rock music, I'm talking about an orchestra. Add instruments, add sound, add fireworks going off. Build the vision up. Build it off in all directions. Remove any frame so it's balanced going in all directions. And you can calibrate a bit to understand what is going to be motivating for you, which is going to wake up your vitality and how you convey your vision to others by contrasting things in your own mind's eye that you're really, really motivated towards versus not. You'll notice as you build out your vision, as you make it brighter, more colorful, more three-dimensional, larger, going off in all directions, removing any frames, making sure it's a movie, so it's moving, it's not just a little slide, and it's going on all around you, and you got fireworks going off, and the ground is shaking, with the thunderous, motivating music. Maybe there's a chorus of voices urging you on, like you can do it, it's positive. Like you can do anything, coming from all directions. And you just feel it drawing it to you. You can use the same kinds of descriptive words in speech, over video, over audio, and in written language. You can talk about all the senses being involved in it. The resonance of the sound, the brightness of the vision, the magnetic pull towards it, the vividness of it. So as you wake up your internal senses is going to wake up your ability to describe these and it's going to draw your audience in because that has emotional impact. So you're going to crank up and amp up all these things. Now, if you're thinking, well, I don't have the vision yet. I don't have a well-defined, what you call a thought leadership model yet. Then the question becomes, how do you find that? And a good way to do that is simply to put yourself in the state of having already found it. Whatever problem that you want it to solve, or whatever opportunity you want it to create, imagine that it's already done, that you've solved that problem for an audience and for yourself, or you've created a tremendous opportunity for an audience and for yourself. How would that feel? you've already done that. Step fully into it and experience that. Create a vacuum to pull in 
ideas from your imagination. And yeah, it can happen instantly, but it might happen down the road. But keeping yourself in the state of having already created an idea is a great way to draw an idea in. And there may be a little voice in there going, well, I'm not creative. And I guarantee you, if there is, it's not your voice, it's something someone else said to you, and I'm telling you, they're wrong. Everybody is creative. You may not be a painter, you may not be a musician, because you can bring creativity to any act. By the nature of being human, you're creative. You may be blocking your creativity by not fully believing that you're creative, but that doesn't mean that you can't unblock it and bring it out. Let's go over some of the criteria of what makes a compelling vision. Now, we've done some things just kind of wake up the senses, wake up the imagination to expand the image, to brighten the image, to make it more vivid. Here's just some kind of checkpoint things, okay? Does it come from the point of view of your audience? That's a big one. So without that, you can lose market rapport because, oh, it's all about me, you know, but it needs to be about your audience. And of course, if you dovetail it well by giving the audience something they want more of, you get more of what they can bring you, which could be sales, or it could be a following for a profession or a philosophy that you promote. So taking a customer point of view and asking what's important to them, understanding what you might call high-level market thinking is another checkpoint item. So one, you take the customer's point of view. Two is understand their high-level thinking. And you might be thinking, what the heck are you talking about? So I'll explain. There's two key levels of thinking in strategic thought leadership in terms of the audience that you need to sort and one of them is what's called beliefs or mental models and a mental model or belief is simply what we think is true and it can always be brought back to an if then statement if this happens then you get that okay and people can have you know really beliefs that are really important to them that they're not going to give up very easily about religion and politics. I'm not talking about those kind of beliefs. I'm talking about just how they believe a product or service should be used. Simple stuff that they would easily give up in exchange for a better way of thinking about how to use a product or service or engage with a philosophy. So beliefs is one level. Another level is values what is important especially higher values and values are feeling words let me give you an example i did some work some consulting work for a startup company that does fundraising for youth sports so they have an app that helps some kids sports teams raise money all right, so we did a little what we call market listening. And that comes from finding authentic conversations 
And this is not privacy invasive at all because it doesn't matter who said what. And this is all public conversations on the web. It's, it's looking at things differently. It's not studying the customer to find out what their buying habits are. It's listening to the potential customer respectfully to find out what's really important to them that nobody else may be giving them. So we did that kind of listening research and we found authentic conversations and these are like comments to a polarizing blog and polarizing blogs with long comment streams are gold for this because people will tell you what's important to them if they feel their values are being stepped on and they did these parents and these coaches the people who are the decision makers about how they're going to raise money for the kids sports teams were saying all these app companies yeah they make it easy but what's it teaching the kids? We used to have to work to raise money. Those were valuable lessons. Okay, so what that told me is that what's really important to these parents and coaches was growth for the kids. That was a higher value than the convenience that was being sold by these other app companies. So we found an unmet market value that we could meet better by moving the market mental model. So the thought leadership position became all those other app companies are just teaching the kids instant gratification. Aren't they entitled enough? We partner with charities. So this became the business model. We partner with charities and that makes it about the kids' growth. So it becomes a growth experience for them. And our app's just as easy as the other ones. It's not about the ease, it's about the growth. And by resonating with a higher value, the startup business got a tremendous amount of traction right out of the gate in a crowded field. It never would have happened by being another Me Too, oh yeah, we're another convenient app. So that came from understanding values and mental models. In this case, the value of growth for the kids was an important one. And the mental model the competitors are promoting was about the ease. And that gave us the opportunity for a counter mental model, a thought leadership position where it's, no, it's not about the ease, it's about the growth. That's what's more important to them. So understanding high level market thinking so that you find an opportunity to meet higher values. Another checkpoint item might be, are you doing creative leadership as a service are you creating a viable easy to buy into but different and unique thought leadership position now this is not the same thing as unique selling proposition i've had to say oh that's a unique selling proposition no because it's not about the product it is about the product in a way okay but it's about the audience's thinking is framed in terms of audience thinking and the product is just how the new audience thinking is best resolved so being creative and coming up with new better thinking, new better position to lead an audience to. And then generating talking points, persuasive talking points that, that undermine the old thinking and that support the new thinking. In this case, the youth sports fundraising company undermined the old thinking by saying, well, that's if you make it easy and that's all you do, that just teaches instant gratification. And you support the new thinking in many ways, there's many different patterns, okay, that, that 
are part of this process of strategic thought leadership, but one of them is attach it to that higher value of this case of growth. And said, so wasn't it more about the growth instead of just the ease? Yeah, we make nap, all these apps are easy, but this is the only one that's really about their growth instead of just teaching them instant gratification. So then is having the orchestration of having a critical mass of maybe PR, maybe content, but see, this is all based on having a very robust, well-formulated thought leadership position. And as part of a thought leadership model where you create a path from old thinking to new thinking and from old feeling to new feelings, it should have a powerful backstory, a story behind the story of here's how you used to think and feel about this and this gives you better feelings this gives you more powerful feelings and more security or more vitality more happiness and it does it this way so having a really well-defined vision there's lots there's lots of other points but those are kind of the key ones to, is that you Take the customer point of view. You understand their values and beliefs, their high-level thinking, so that you can give more of their, what's valuable to them and bring in a new belief that is your creative leadership as a service that separates your message from the others. And that you have enough talking points generated that are persuasive and that become perhaps the fodder for a content marketing campaign or a PR campaign. And that will orchestrated execution of that campaign is what resonates with enough people to move their thinking over. So if I was going to make this an example, I would say that this podcast is an example of the orchestrated execution of the thought leadership position that strategic thought leadership is the way to market now. If you're not leading people's thinking to somewhere new, you're not going to be able to cut through the clutter. And there's so much clutter on the internet because anyone can create social media accounts and flood the internet with more Me Too-isms. And if you're going to be another me tooism, you'll get lost in the den of the voices. You've got to have something like this to cut through. So that might be an example of a thought leadership position. So amp up your vision. Make it dramatic. Make the vision huge, bright, colorful, movie-like. Add powerful feelings and dramatic sounds orchestra of music, a choir of voices urging you on in your mind's eye to bring it fully alive in your own mind first and then convey that by channeling that emotion into powerful content. Make sure it's hitting these touch points of you taking the audience's point of view, you're understanding what's important to them and how they think about things. You can help them mold their thinking in a creative way with plenty of support behind it from powerful talking points that is well orchestrated through a campaign to move the thinking of a marketplace to your corner magnetically. 
Thought Leadership Studio. So if you're in sales or marketing, or an entrepreneur or business owner, uh, which means of course you need to be concerned about sales and marketing, I've got a free guide called the Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership. And the link to download it instantly is on the podcast episode page, the link for which is in the description for the podcast. So this is an instant download for marketers, thought leaders, influencers. It's a free guide to effectively building an audience by leading it to new thinking using the building blocks of strategic thought leadership. Because after all, doesn't building a backstory like working directly from the underlying structure of thought leadership bring greater clarity and purpose to content marketing? This also could be an antidote to privacy laws that are throttling data-targeted online ads. It's a solution from a whole different paradigm. So consider the possibility that following customers' ads can give them a distaste for a brand because you know they're being studied and treated as objects. And don't you want your, your client's brand to create a positive impression? So putting their needs first by listening to and serving their learning needs about what you sell gives them positive feelings about you or your client's brand. Doesn't that make you feel better about the brand you're promoting too? So the link to download it for free instantly is in the description. And if you're in a position of leverage, okay, so if you are a entrepreneur, company owner, marketer, influencer, and you want to make some breakthroughs, I offer a money-back guaranteed first strategic thought leadership coaching and consultation session. And what I'm doing with this is setting the stage for breakthroughs that could be meaningful to you or your organization. So it's also about setting up some system conditions. And check out the show notes follow the link and it will have a link to find out more about that but what it can do for you say if you're planning a pr marketing or ad campaign can help you maximize it get the most out of it um, including maximizing any agency or ad campaign return on investment from a clean role of being a separate consultant so I don't have any financial incentive on you doing this program or that might be able to find resources within your organization or yourself that you hadn't thought of that way that you can purpose to creating a unique thought leadership position that has the market basically eating out of your hand find deeper layers of hidden potential through the coaching role because breakthroughs come from outside of our frame of reference they come from outside of our mental models generally and that doesn't mean i want to replace your mental models with mine not saying mine is better but what i do know how to do as coach master of nlp of decades of experience coaching people in a performance coaching setting it's more about facilitating more powerful states of excellence including helpful shifts in perspective or through a process of mutual discovery, of, of doing some things that aren't the norm, for finding other ways, other angles of looking at your situation from your audience perspective, 
because hardly anybody in business really sees things through the filtered lens of their best prospects, more limited understanding of what they do. So taking that perspective and designing things from there, and I can help you with the clean position of having no financial interest in where you spend your marketing budget and do consulting to help you get the most out of your campaign or high-level coaching, including modeling, excellence, succeeding the best aspects of the best examples, um, identifying as the leader, building up all of these characteristics that give you insight, inspiration, and impact. As a coach or as a consultant, help facilitate and enable using the resources you have at hand and helping you build resources to create a really successful campaign. So check out the show notes. Let's get the free report. If you're in a position of leverage, check out the coaching. Would love to help you make the breakthroughs that you'd like to. So thanks for listening to Thought Leadership Studio. Have a great one and look forward to seeing you next week. Thought Leadership Studio.